Welcome to episode 6 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Hey guys, and welcome along to episode 6 of Iron Man Talk with uh, Ben James Owens and Coach John Newsom. How you going, mate? Very good, and you? Look a bit jaded. <laughs> <laughs> we, went so, for, we went for a ride this morning, and, uh, and it wasn't that hardcore, to be honest, but to be, oh, I'm struggling, so yeah. <laughs> we did about just under three hours, and I, I don't think I took enough food, and well, I didn't take any food, which is probably why I'm feeling a little bit jaded. You're probably seeing me guzzle away my gels yeah. here about halfway going, it's got to be that Pro 4. Maybe I should have brought something. <laughs> so, yeah. In this week's show, we've got lots of results coming up. We've got St. Crocs. St. Croix. <laughs> get it right, man. I always get that wrong. <laughs> Wildflower and uh, Bustleton, all half Ironman happened over the weekend. We've got the results from there. Plus, we have a little bit of a talk about... A decision in court that happened between ITU and WTC regarding uh, basically different countries being able to run, or the corporations within each country being able to run Ironman without kind of breaking other rules. We've got our website of the week, uh, plus our age grouper of the week. We have our one, two, three, four, high five, which is on wetsuit tips Mm -hmm. in Coach's Corner. What are we doing today, mate? Uh, We're going to, I listened to a Mark Allen interview the other day. I was uh, sitting in the car park just about, just around the corner from here actually. And it was just on national radio in New Zealand, and they just said, and now we're going to be talking to six-time Hawaii Ironman champion Mark Allen. So I couldn't quite believe it. National radio or sports radio? Sports radio. <laughs> Bevan and I, we're both only allowed to listen to the sports radio when our partners wives and are partners aren't in the car. Um, so a fantastic interview. Um, so I just thought I'd share with you guys, um, because I know a lot of you are outside New Zealand, um, what, we sort of, what I learned there. Uh, also saw a good thing Scott Molina wrote uh, earlier this week on uh, supplementation which again I thought I'd share with you guys and we'll also just cover a few questions that have been sent in um, really just sort of on a bit of uh, off, off season training for, for the Aussies and Kiwis and Southern Hemisphere athletes and uh, a few tips there Cool, so first up uh, last weekend with the races, we had St. Croix. Well done, got it right. Yeah, first time ever. If it, if it sounds like, we, we found, sounds like this might be a little bit uh, pre-done, it's because we're, <laughs> we're making sure we get the mics right this week. Yeah, we, we've we already had a problem, so we're, we're retaking. <laughs> take so two. This is, this is our second take. Um, yeah, St. Croix is um, a fairly big race, uh, tough course for those of you guys that haven't done it before. Uh, sort of out in the Caribbean, sort of off off America. Uh, very tough bike course. Very very steep hill in the middle. I think the, the times reflect that, don't they? They're a yeah. little bit slower for a while, aren't they? Slow times. Um, but I think the gradient on one of the climbs is about sixteen, eighteen. Um, people, I'm sure people will be talking it up. It's even more than twenty percent. But yeah. whatever your way you look at 50%. it, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's very <laughs> steep. Um, and so some good results there for us uh, Kiwis, us Kiwis, and us Southern Hemisphere athletes uh, really taking out the show. Uh, Craig Alexander won the race, uh, pretty close racing with Cameron Brown, and he ran him down just towards the end there. Uh, Shane Reed was third. Richie Cunningham, another Aussie, was fourth. Does a lot of racing in the states. Luke Dragster, that's a cool name. Sensational <laughs> name. Uh, I'm not quite sure where he's from. He was uh, fifth. And a couple more Aussies scattered in there. Um, it's interesting to see Peter Reed was 11th, a little bit behind the pace. Yeah, he got smoked. Mm, four um, and a half, basically. Yeah. So whether he's just doing that as a bit of a preseason hit out, I'm not quite sure, but uh, it's not up to his usual high standards. But guys like him, they really just focus on one race for the year. and that's. Been, I suppose at his stage of his career too, you know, he's, he just wants as many Hawaii titles as possible. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah, pretty pretty crap performance by him. To be fair, I'm sure he probably judges it that way as well. Yep. But uh, I don't think we should probably read too much into it. No, not especially. But he comes out, you know, at Hawaii, you come out with the packs. So yep. um, I wouldn't expect him to be losing two minutes to Cameron Brown. You know, no. in Hawaii, he'd probably come out pretty close to Brownie. Yep. Um, so yeah, interesting there. Um, good old Rhodesy. Rhodesy was there up in ninth place. He's a good Kiwi boy. Um, good it was Kiwi interesting. There, there, it must have been a really exciting finish because there was only 20 seconds between Cam and um, Craig Alexander at the end there, and uh, Craig obviously ran Cam down. Yeah, um, and we all know how good a runner Cameron is. So yeah, um, you're mentioning that Cam tried to surge towards the end. You read his race report. Yeah, I read his race report, and he uh, said he tried to drop the hammer. Um, uh, Crowy or Craig Alexander caught up to him. And um, Brownie just put a bit of a surge on him, dropped him, but I think uh, Craig came back to him and then put in a surge and Brownie couldn't handle that. <laughs> Break your heart. But uh, I, th- I thought um, one of the key things that came out of that race was Cameron Brown's bike split. You know, he rode uh, 222, um, whereas most of the other pro guys looked like they were bunched together, riding about 225, so they're about three minutes down. Yep. Um, and one of the problems Cameron Brown has had um, and why he perhaps hasn't converted his podiums at Kona into, into a win there is his bike is his... I wouldn't, it's just yeah, it's sort of a little bit of a weak, yeah. a weak link, uh, chink in his armour. So I think that's really positive. I think if he can um, maintain that and lift it a little bit over the Ironman distance, I, I seriously think he could be a strong chance in Hawaii. He's shown he's consistent as hell. He runs well there every year except for one year. Um, so he's very consistent. And he got drafted then, didn't he? he got yeah. Drafting, so. yeah. He had bad days. He mm, had a bad day. Mm. Um, but every other time he's been there, he's run well. So... If he can be in contention, be up a little bit further off the bike, um, you know he's got to be a strong chance of winning Hawaii this year. On the chick side of things, we had a pretty impressive win by Miranda. Apologies, Miranda. 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 If we've got that wrong, it's Miranda. Uh, Miranda. But the, the last name's killing Car- me. Carfrey. Yeah. Um, another Aussie. So the Aussies are killing all you Americans. What are you doing? And she, and she had a great win. That was oh, sensational. Very, very strong performance. One twenty-two run. That's you look. We're looking down the splits here, and um, you know Brownie ran a one nineteen. Crowy was a bit quicker. The guy won Craig Alexander one sixteen. But most of the top guys are running um, low, yeah, the low to mid. Run. Yeah, yeah, very, very impressive. Um, so she finished fourteenth overall, only three places behind Peter Reed. She put nine minutes into Lisa Bentley. We know how good Lisa Bentley is. She's one of the best runners in the sport. Um, and she's won, you know, countless Ironmans. She also so. had a pretty impressive ride. She was still pretty yeah. much six minutes faster than all the other females on the bike. And she was one of the, well, I mean, Joanna Zyger is a ex-Olympic swimmer, so she yep. caned everybody. But, you know, she was two minutes up in front of, uh, you know, people like uh, Lisa Bentley, Abigail Bailey, mm. Karen Smyers. So looks like a very strong all-round athlete. And, uh I read uh, somewhere that she finished second in the under 23s at both the 2003 2004 um, ITU World Short Course Champs. So she's um, obviously got a bit of pedigree there. And I uh, wonder whether she's just going to be doing halves and, and Olympic distance or whether she's going to try and step up to Ironman. But with that sort of raw talent, um, yeah, yeah, I think she should be um, should be looked at. It's a pretty exciting prospect, eh? Mm. Mm. Next up, we had Wildflower, and uh, you may remember, recall that I mentioned Terenzo Bazzoni. Uh, yeah. Kind of kind of picked it myself, I think. I claimed the win. <laughs> Did you put any money on the... the <laughs> no, I didn't. I should have put my money where my mouth was. He, he took it out, and he just dominated. He kicked butt, didn't he? He did. Yeah, very, very impressive. Uh a pretty strong field, you know. You got guys like Chris Lee there, Tom Evans. They've both won Ironmans. Um, Cameron Woodoff is only tenth, so a bit like Peter Reed. He's a guy who does very well in Hawaii, but um, you know, he's twenty-five minutes off the pace here. Uh, 
But yeah, Terenzo Bazzoni, he's the guy we should be talking about. Um, 353.43 for overall. He absolutely smashed the race record. I don't know if anybody's ever been under four hours there before. Uh, yeah. If they have, I think it's only once. Um, so quite a phenomenal overall, performance. Overall impressive. Like this one was pretty much, it must have been out of the first pack. Yeah. Um, bike was the rode fastest ride, rode away from everyone. And then did it in a 111 or 112, yeah. basically, half marathon. Stunning, you know. Yeah, it's um, very, very impressive to you know he ran. Considering he'd done it by himself as well, you know, yeah, when you've got someone next to you front. driving along, yeah. Or if you've got somebody up the road, you know you've got yeah. to catch them, um, then you can keep getting splits and just go harder and harder. But mm. he's just run away from them, and you know, I, I presume he would have been getting splits, but he was running further and further away and won by eight minutes, and that's a that's a sizable margin over a half iron man. Yeah, against you know a quality field, um, so. He's going to be going off, I've heard, uh, and racing the Florida 70.3 World Champs later in the year. Um, and I'd be picking, if they get a strong field there, there's going to be a lot of drafting. I would imagine mm. in Florida it's going to be a flat course. So I can't imagine, uh, except the really, really strong bikers, I can't imagine anybody riding away. from. Yep. Uh, people just won't let it happen for the pros. Yep. And so if he's with the guys off if the bike, like that. if he can run like that, uh, I don't see any reason why he couldn't take that out. <laughs> So is it a dilemma for him? You know, like now, you know, he's obviously <clears throat> the up-and-coming name of the sport, really. He's only, what, must be 20, 21 at max. Yeah, he's he's two-time world uh, duathlon and triathlon under-19 world champ. You know, um, like, does does he focus on ITU? What, I, what I th- I'd imagine he'll like, be... Like, is it, you know, is it a problem to try to do both? Uh, to do both really well, well I yeah. think he, he will struggle. Um, but I would imagine what his plan, uh, and this is just crystal ball gazing, I would imagine what he'll probably be trying to do over the next year or two is uh, build up his just overall strength and his, his, his grunt, uh, yeah. and then when the next Olympics roll, rolls yep. around, he'll get into the qualifying for that, which, in my opinion, uh, I don't know his race plan for the whole year, but I definitely think he needs to be doing some World Cup racing this far out from the yep. next Olympics. Yep. Uh, it's Good not that far away. Get yeah. the experience. ITU racing is a completely different kettle of fish. Uh, and he's obviously got the talent uh, to be, I think, a world champion at, at, at any distance, yeah. whatever distance he chooses. Um, but yeah, very, um, very talented athlete. He's a very likable guy, Torenzo, too, isn't he? Yeah. yeah he's he, very media savvy, too. He is. And he's, 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 the, the chicks love him. Yeah. <laughs> he was on, what was it? Sports Caf. Yeah, but he's yeah. been on some uh, like Survivor type thing, Treasure Island oh, okay. or something like yeah, that. It's, yeah, a so, New Zealand Survivor type program, but with celebrities. And yeah. The chicks loved him. <laughs> yeah, so he's uh, he's right up there, and we'll see what happens there. It's, uh, it's exciting times for Kiwis. Uh, Sports just, you know, we're producing quite a lot of elite athletes. Just yeah. this year alone, the number that have come out of New Zealand um, over all distances is uh, exciting for us. So we're as, loving as an it. aside to, to the race results is that um, one thing in New Zealand, triathlon is just really taking off. My daughter's my, got a little girl and she's nearly nine and they have the thing called the Wheatbix Kids Triathlon and they went along and there was like four, three, 4,000 kids doing this triathlon. And mm. it's, you know, it's about it's participation. You get a T-shirt and a medal and finish. Mm. But, you know, my daughter doesn't want to be a runner. She wants to be a triathlete when she grows up. And, yeah. you know, that, that foundation of those kids wanting to do that sport, you know, five, ten mm. years from now, I'm sure we're in a good place now, but yeah. maybe it's going to be like five, ten years from now. Yeah. So and, um, watch out the world. Yeah. We're going to be kicking ass. Watch out. We haven't mentioned the girls. They have a very strong field. Um, you know, we had uh, three of the top four from Hawaii last year, Natasha Badman, Joe Lorne, and Kate Major. But they all got taken out by Samantha McGlone, um, mm. quite considerably too. She um, she ripped them to pieces. Yeah, a good five minutes. Yeah, came yeah. them in the swim. Um, Joe Lorne managed to keep up with her in the swim. 
Um, but then, you know, put a lot of time into them, except for Natasha Babman on the bike, which we'd, you know, we'd expect. So mm. by the look of it, they probably came off the bike together and then... Um, yeah, she took her out in the she, run. She ran away from her. Because so. Babman's a good runner, isn't she? She is. She's, I mean, over the Ironman distance, she's a very good runner. Um, she has done South Africa not that long ago. That was in March. So um, whether she's still got a bit of fatigue in her legs from that... But yeah, to put five minutes into Natasha Babman, um, you know, you got to mm. stand up and take take note of that. Pretty strong performance, um, and you know, Joe Lawn, another Kiwi up there, Kate Major Aussie in fifth. Mm. So um, yeah, some good pretty, racing, pretty yeah. good racing there. Yeah, well, there have been a few exciting finishes over the weekend, which is quite cool as well. Eh? Mm. You know, um, so we had Bustleton as well. Yeah, we had the Bustleton half as part of the seventy point three series over in Australia. And uh, over in WA, so Western Australia. Australia. And uh, <laughs> the Kiwis and Aussies have always got a bit of a thing. We give each other quite a bit of uh, crap. Black. We're like the little brother. There's only three million of us in New Zealand. and We punch above our weight. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a lot more of them than us. So unfortunately, we didn't have any Kiwis over there to kick their butts. Um, but there were some pretty good results. Pete Jacobs uh, took the race out in uh, three hours, 54 and uh, took it out from Mitch Anderson, another good athlete. But he had a pretty tight, tight finish with uh, Tom Jepson. Both did 3.56. It was about 30 seconds covering them. And uh, in the girls, we had Angela Milne take it out. Uh, she was a race favourite, so took it out. And what was her gap? She had about a uh, three-minute gap to Joanne Bennett. Uh, so pretty close racing in the girls as well. Big field, they had about 750. Mm, so, um, huge, isn't it, for yeah, half? This is half. One thing in Australia is that you actually need to qualify to do the Australian Ironman, the main mm. Ironman event over there. And so um, a lot of people, it draws a lot of people to just your halves as well. Yeah. And uh, you were mentioning earlier, it's one of the reasons a lot of uh, Aussies come to New Zealand to do. They do, yeah. So it's uh, for New Zealand, you still, uh, they, they haven't had a full field yet. Uh, so you can qualify for, well, you obviously qualify for Hawaii. It's marginally easier. Uh, but there's also, you, you don't have to qualify to do the race. Anybody can, can mm. rock up and do mm. it. So there's quite a few 70.3 races in Australia. There's a bit of a series going over there. And uh, and because of their climate, they can race a little bit longer than what we can in New Zealand. You know, if you try to do a triathlon in New Zealand uh, at the moment, you'd uh, it'd be fairly chilly, to put it yeah, lightly. Definitely. <laughs> We're definitely uh, in the grips of uh, heading towards winter, which kind of sucks. One other thing in the news before we move on. Oh, no, actually, Ragnar. Ragnar, that's Ragnar. right. Don't, don't get ahead of myself. Yeah. Ragnar, <laughs> I'm a guy who comes over to Christchurch every year and trains generally over the summer here mm-hmm. with all the crew. Um, done really well in the New Jersey Devilman. That's right, another half Ironman race, so obviously not uh, affiliated with WTC. Uh, just the a, devil man. Yeah, <laughs> and so they uh, had that race over there at the weekend, and Ragnar took it out. So he's a uh, Norwegian Ironman athlete. And like Bevan said, he comes out to New Zealand um, quite regularly and trains his little butt off. Uh, he's been racing age group now for a number of years and he's now trying to, to crack into the, the pro scene. And I believe he's got a small sponsorship deal with a sort of semi-pro team. Uh, and he's obviously over in America doing some racing and winning, which is even better. So hopefully he uh, pocketed some prize money there. He's still quite young, Regner, too, isn't he? he must be around he 25, 24. Uh, yeah, yeah, about that, 24, 25. I know in Hawaii he was still in the 20 to 24 mm, age group. Yeah. Um, I actually shared a unit with him in Hawaii, so 
He's very, very patriotic Norwegian. So if you ever want to hear anything about uh, Norway, go have a chat to Ragnar. And uh, he tells us it rains there the whole time, but he's still in love with the place. <laughs> it's got to be good for you. One other thing in the news this week is that the ITU have had a resolution rescinded, which we did a bit of a dictionary search on that word. And it, <laughs> it basically means revoked or cancelled, basically. So you want to elaborate a bit on that, mate? That's right. They've obviously taken the ITU to the Court of Arbitration and Sport. And, I mean, I wasn't sure of what happened. It must have been a year or two ago that this actually happened, that ITU said to national governing bodies that if you sanction an Ironman race, there will be consequences. Consequences. Uh, <laughs> I like so I'm not quite sure what the consequences were. But uh, this has been overturned by the Court of Arbitration Sports, so a bit of a victory there for the uh, WTC. Um, it's not something I'm... Um, I mean, I don't have a problem with, with um, national federations endorsing Ironman races, obviously, but, but uh, there's pros and cons to everything. And uh, where, I, where I like the, the stance ITU has is they're, they're aligned with the Olympic Committee and, uh, and WADA and things like that. And so they have a certain a number of set rules they must apply to. And I think this is especially relevant for, for pro athletes um, in the area of uh, prize money, in the area of doping, testing, um, yeah. testing and things like that. Uh, I know that the WTC are a little lax in their testing. They don't do that much. And what is their motivation? They're running a business. Um, mm. You know, every test they do is very, very expensive, and and nobody tells them they have to do it. It's mm. uh, it's up to them. I recall reading an article um, when Gordo was in town, our local paper, and talking about how he has been a pro athlete for a while and had some podium mm. results and done really well, and he had never been tested for drugs. Yeah. He's uh, he's he's been on the podium several times in Canada and in New Zealand. He's been in the top ten in Canada a number of times, and uh, you know been racing full time for I don't know maybe five five or six years now. Yeah, that's astounding, isn't it? And he's never been tested. Um, and so yeah, I think that you know they should be testing a few more people. I think uh, we don't want to head down the same route as cycling. Uh, I don't think we are at this stage purely because there's not the money in the sport. Mm. And, and if you do want to do, um, you know, if you, if you do want to do drugs properly, it costs a lot of money. Yeah. Do things like EPO, yeah. very, very expensive. Um, <laughs> last time I checked. Um, so I don't think we're quite heading down that path yet, but I think uh, given the sport is growing at such phenomenal rates, it is a danger. And if and you don't get on top of it now, yeah. you know, five years down the track, ten years down the track, the, the sport's obviously growing – Someone's going to get caught, and it will become like cycling. You know what it was like a few years ago in the Tour de France. Where that's right. Everyone was on it. That's, that's something we didn't actually bring up that I wanted to. Um, I'm not sure if it was that uh, Wildflower or... Oh, yeah, Nina Craft. Uh, I think it was uh, probably Wildflower. She uh, made, has made a comeback, so Nina Craft. Obviously, the drugs, no drugs is... Yeah, I mean, um, you take your hat off to her. I mean, no, not take your hat off to her, but she, she cheated. She took drugs. What I've got, a bit of, uh, give her a bit of credit. She admitted to it. Um, yeah. and she said yes I took drugs this, these were the reasons why yes it was a stupid thing to do um, and now I want to come back so she's, it amazes me how many people deny it oh I didn't know yeah, yeah. I didn't know oh, oh yeah whatever yeah. Um, I, yeah I'm always a bit suspicious when uh, people come up with those calls yeah. but she said she did um, she's going to try and make a comeback she's uh, getting a bit bit of getting a bit on she's, she's been around for a long time so she's finished she must have been fifth or sixth at one of those races so yep. she's obviously on her way back um yeah we'll follow that one see how she goes mm, mm. so so basically in this uh, resolution rescinded thing um <laughs> it basically means that now a, a local body in the, in the country can do 
either event without having they can either run an event or section event and uh and obviously their members can get benefits from running that so i know at ironman new zealand you maybe get a small discount on the price if you're a a member of triathlon new zealand which is our national federation um so you know it'd be great if everybody got on um but i realistically it's probably not going to happen um but there's always been a strong feud between um itu and wtc especially with les mcdonald he's a um, but eccentric, and I think if you get on the wrong side of him, which the WTC obviously have, um, then there's obviously been a few issues. <laughs> yeah, I'm always I'm a big believer in the greater good, and yeah. if, if both organisations can work out their differences, it's better for triathlon as a whole. So yeah, That's right. yeah, it's definitely interesting, isn't it? We're going to move into our age grouper of the week. <laughs> been working on that one. Uh, we have Carlos Lomba and. Uh, I think I got that right. You got it right. Well done. To be honest, got to make sure you pick those names that you can pronounce. Yeah, maybe John Smith next week. We've got (laughs) John Carlos Lumba, and he's from I don't know where he's from, but in Saint Croix, he got twenty first overall. Let's look at his splits. He had a swim of twenty five fifty seven, which was eleventh fastest in the day. Had a bike of around two thirty eight, thirty fastest, and one thirty five run. Um, we got 21st overall, but the really thing, impressive thing for me was the fact that Carlos was in the age group of 40 to 44. Mm. And, uh, you know, if you look back at some of the results of some of the top guys, like Peter Reid, um, how did he go? He got... So he was only... What? Three, three, three or four, not far behind Peter yeah, Reid. Like 10 minutes behind Peter Reid. And yeah. uh, where did he, where did he be? Uh... You're looking at the wrong one. Oh. <laughs> We're trying to look at the results of the other one at the same time. Um, yeah, no, so he had a, yeah, just impressive. I, I'm always amazed, at, you know, no, nothing against the older guys out there, but, you know, there's, there's just some, some impressive age groupers Kicking out there, right? mm. you know, like, oh. I did a, uh, a 15k running race at the weekend, and I uh, got very squarely beaten by a few older fellas, and yeah. uh, just give it to themselves, and uh, it's that longevity thing, they've been doing the sport for a long time, and mm. it does take a long time to be good, so... Um, they've obviously got to a very, very high level and now they're learning how to maintain that, which is uh, fantastic. One thing I always like in, in fitness overall is that the guys who are in their later years, well, not the 40s yet, <laughs> 40. <laughs> yeah. but not, you know, not, like, quite. Not, not maybe their peak years as such. And uh, just the fact that they've kept sport up and, you know, because a lot of guys get to 30, have their peak years and then, you know, they start work and life gets in the way and they like mm. their alcohol and all the rest of it and they lose it all. Whereas the guys who can be consistent over time, you know, like I'm, I don't know Carlos, but I imagine he would have been one of those guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because that's, that's impressive. So, Carlos, you are our impressive age grouper of the week. week. <laughs> that's bloody beautiful. Um, one, two, three, four, high five. So a high five of the week, it's our... Wetsuit tips. It is. Uh, we're gonna with the high five. We're gonna do various different bits and pieces this week. Um, some fairly simple tips. So for you guys that have been around a long time, you may uh, already do all these things, or if you may pick up one little thing that might help you. So uh, I, I know whenever I go to a seminar or anything like that, and uh, a lot of the stuff you already know, but generally if you pick up maybe one or two little bits and pieces, it's it's mm. valuable. So that's what funny, we're gonna try It's funny as, as the newer people, you often don't know. And no, this stuff seems really simple for us who have been doing it for a long time, but. You yeah, know, these these little things. So yeah, so, so number one. So number our, our our tips. Uh, a lot of the wetsuit companies say that you don't need to apply any um, lubricant around your neck, which um, is crap. Which, <laughs> the, yeah, I mean uh, by all means you can try not using it, um, but in my my experience, I always have had to um, apply some sort of 
petroleum-based lubricant or, or silicon-based lubricant around my neck um, to avoid any chafing, especially up the back of my neck. So that is our high five tip number one. Yeah. Use some sort of um, lubricant to, around your neck, uh, maybe and around your tops of your shoulders, uh, maybe on your underarms as well, just to avoid any chafing. Yeah, I, I always get chafing around my neck mm. if I have it on, so yeah, yeah, definitely. Number two, put a plastic bag or plastic bags over your feet when you're putting your wetsuit on. It Basically, it helps you get your feet through. Um, it's, it's quite tight getting it through mm. and, and it's not the most slidable material if there's such a word and uh, the putting a plastic bag over your feet first it just makes it slip nice and easy on exactly smooth good one <laughs> pull it straight up and then pop the plastic bag off yeah uh, so that's number two number three is uh yeah i sometimes see people putting their wetsuits on and they get in a bit of a mess so what you want to do is um, avoid um when you're putting your legs up make sure that your fingers are not pointing up um especially for you new guys, if you've gone out and bought your brand new um, wetsuit and you start pulling it up. You and should you've mention a name here, we might get a sponsorship. Blue, Blue 70. Yeah, Blue 70. <laughs> or Orca, you guys bring us. <laughs> um, you should just be very, very wary of having your fingernails pointing up, especially your females. Very, very easy to put a nick in your wetsuit and very, very easy to put your fingers straight through. So pull it up like a stocking and uh, you guys out there might not know how to do that <laughs> let's hope not uh, <laughs> but just pull it up slowly uh and can, just, you, can you get them repaired you can you can get them glued up um but it's it's, it's not the same, same. and yeah. you look like a bit of a monkey yeah. um <laughs> so just pull those wetsuit up up your legs nice and carefully and don't have your fingernails pointing up nice tip number four before you put your arms through the sleeves make sure that you've got the bottom half of the wetsuit as high as possible so you've got it right up the crutch you're really you're pulling it up right basically <laughs> yeah you get to pin those high notes it's really important that you do that because otherwise when you try to pull the rest of the suit up it just becomes really tight yeah and uh yeah so really get it right up there you basically shouldn't have any wrinkles at the bottom in your legs mm. and and i find myself that I have the bottom where my ankle is quite high as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's above my ankle by a few inches. And likewise with your arms, um, you can pull your arms up, which leads on nicely to tip number five. Um, Sensation. Make sure, <laughs> I should be a radio disc jockey yeah. or something. Um, just make sure you pull your, 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 your sleeves up quite a long way and make sure you pull it up onto your shoulders. I think a lot of people just put their arms through their wetsuit see that the end of it is at their sort of wrist and, and leave it like that. What you want to do is make sure you pull it up right over your shoulders um, so you haven't got any tension over the tops of your shoulders um, and give it a good good yank uh, and just make sure that when you do a few arm circles, your arms are moving nice and freely um, and just get it up over your shoulders. Yep. So that's the end of uh, our high five for this week. Yeah, that's sensational. Moving on to our website of the week. Now this type week in the website of the week, we're actually going to the triathlon org um, which is the kind of competition to the world, WTC. Yeah, WTC. But they have a, a really good thing that I thought we should add in, and it's um, it's basically you can link to all the federations that are out there for a triathlon, and so you they basically you click to the federation page, and our game will have this up as a web link on our imentalk.com, and uh, on here they have each country. Now they have hundreds of countries, and so. Well, maybe not hundreds, maybe I'm exaggerating, but they've lots of countries. I know they've got 112. You weren't exaggerating. So there you go. We never exaggerate. That's right. I told you a million times. But um, so they have every country, and so you find your country, and for example, we're going to go British Triathlon, and then what they do is they link you to a page that gives the basic information on the British Triathlon. Now, they often, that's still under the Triathlon Org website, but often they have their website to linked on there as a web link. 
A lot of countries don't have websites yet for smaller countries, but they often have an email of a person who you can associate with. So then if you click on the British Triathlon Org, you can find the local website of their own webpage. And from there, you'll find that most of the bigger organisations, at least, have links to the local clubs within your area. Mm. Um, I know it does in New Zealand. Yeah. And so it's a good idea to get into your club. Yeah, get into your club. Um, then you find out where the races are. You can find some training groups. Um, you know, it's, it's fun to train with other people. A lot of Ironman people try to do it by themselves. Yeah, um, but get, get involved with the club. Uh, you can learn a few things and uh, meet up with some other fellow athletes. And uh, so, yeah, so what Bevan's saying is the ITU website, triathlon.org, is a, a great starting point. You go country and uh, find your country, yeah, go to their yeah. website, and then you can find your local club, and then hopefully they've got a website, and then you can go from there. So a couple of steps involved. but uh, yeah. So, for example, we're actually on the British one now. We're actually within the local clubs, and they've broken it down within areas, and, uh, yeah, and then clubs within there. It's, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's definitely a good thing. Although I am being a bit of a hypocrite here because I'm not actually joined, <laughs> <laughs> but it's um being it's it's being a part of your local club. It's a it's the community. Yeah, you know, it's, you're in a bunch of people who love what you're doing, and b just the information. Like I know John for um the Christchurch or Canterbury is it Canterbury? Canterbury? The Canterbury Triathlon Club does a lot of events, training events that are put mm-hmm. on by the club that are run at a really cheap rate, and um and just valuable information. So, um, which anyone can you know gain improve from it's probably the word i'm looking for so that's our website of the week very good coach's corner coach's corner so we're going to um cover a few little points here as i alluded to earlier on um yeah i was just i couldn't believe i actually heard a fantastic interview the other day um with mark allen it was like like i said it was on national radio over here in new zealand on a friday afternoon at three o'clock and uh and so i listened in and i've actually uh, managed to get a copy of that we are going to put uh, a link to the to the interview on on our website on the show notes um you need to get on there very very quickly because yeah. the interview will only be up there until i would imagine friday you new basically, zealand time you basically got a day and a half if you get if you download this program if you're someone who subscribed and you're getting it straight away you imagine you'll get it um or new Ze- i'm talking new zealand time here but we generally put it on at a wednesday and I know that the show will basically go on because they basically wipe over the week. A week. Yeah, yeah. so the base, the show was, will go will disappear at around about 3 o'clock on Thursday New Zealand time. So, And when you go onto the website, it, the show yeah. it was on at uh, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. So if you click on Friday, um, it was th- about 3, 3.15 the interview started. You can listen back. It's about a 30-minute interview. Um, very, very... Uh, interesting stuff and I certainly learnt a bit from it too just just a couple of things on that you actually because we won't be able to put a link to that so we'll put a link to the website but then you need to click on listen back and you'll choose Thursday and then they have Friday was it Friday Friday okay on the Friday and then you'll click at three o'clock yeah Okay, oh, so well, I was wrong before. You'll get it probably a couple of days because I thought yeah. it was on Thursday. Um, so you'll go listen back Thursday and Friday. Click- <laughs> 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 Friday. <laughs> I might edit that bit out. <laughs> on Friday, and then you'll, there's times, okay? And probably started at quarter past three because yeah, they tend yeah. to have the news that goes for 15 minutes. So click on 3.15 on Friday. <laughs> yeah, got it. And then the show, if you've got Windows Media Player, it will play for you. So, so tell those, us about the interview. So for those of you that aren't quick off the mark and, and don't want to listen to this it. Late, yeah. uh, hearing this late. And thought it was Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> what Mark uh, Allen was, they had a really good chat to him about uh, before he won Hawaii and, and all the disappointments that he went through. Um, one great thing for us Kiwis um, that he mentioned was 
the year that he won Hawaii, he'd actually come over to New Zealand and spent quite a bit. He'd spent the New Zealand summer, so the American winter, over here training in Christchurch, in a where great we live. Called Christchurch, <laughs> and he'd, he'd been out here with Scott Molina and Aaron Baker, um, who they're all good friends. And uh, that's he just said they just did some massive, massive volume training. But what he loved about being down here was that just the solitude. He just very, very peaceful. He said the way of life was very laid back and uh, he just had a whale of a time and he said that was one of the key factors that led him to have a great year and to go on and win Hawaii so the moral of the story there is come down to New Zealand to train yep. and you'll turn into a good athlete there's an epic camp there as well isn't there <laughs> yep we've got epic camp down here next uh, January so we'll be going actually to the same many of the same places that he went so um, oh, definitely if you're going to train in a great place mm, you know, if with some great athletes yeah um, like Christchurch's weather isn't the best but I always think if you love the outdoors and you love training yeah this is a place to live oh yeah definitely. I mean uh, we have a number of guys who come out here every year for, for Epic Camp we've had the last few Epic Camps down here or in Australia and uh, and yeah like you said we get uh, weather's not super duper it's certainly not that hot you need to bring all sorts of clothing we mm. can get some really hot days we can get some really crap days in the middle of summer yep. um, but it is uh, I've trained in loads of places around the world and I am but uh, one-eyed but yep. Great facilities, great swim squads, um, hills, flat, sea. But uh, that's enough about Christchurch. Yeah, yeah. We need to get our sponsor. Travel agents. Are- <laughs> Sorry. We need to get a, a New Zealand tourism to sponsor the yeah, show. that's right. Um, so that was one thing that he mentioned that was a big turning point. Um, another one was that the interviewer brought up several times was the fact that he had been to Hawaii six times before. and before he before he won it and his results by his sort of standards would definitely be seen as failures. He had a number of DNFs, a number of um, poor races. Seconds. And he was racing against Dave Scott and Dave Scott was the man in Hawaii um, but Mark Allen and any other race around the world could, could beat Dave Scott um, and beat him quite convincingly. So for him, what he was really saying, it was just a really big mental challenge. He would uh, fly in, and we all know if you've been to Hawaii, you get off the plane and it's like, boom, yeah. you, you get hit by the heat. And what Mark Allen was saying, every year he turned up there, he stepped off the plane and thought, oh no, here we go again. Yep. <laughs> and he wasn't in a great frame of mind. Um, and if you have read things by Mark Allen, he's very much into his zen, uh, yep. does a lot of work with the Indians. And this was a little bit before he really got into that. But one thing that he did do um, before he went to Hawaii, he went on a run where he lives, uh, and he says he's got this, his favourite run. And he made a special point of actually going and doing that run. And when he goes out and does it, he feels very peaceful. He loves the scenery. And what he actually did, he picked up uh, some some sort of bush or flowers <laughs> that, yep. that he loves seeing when he goes through there, and he took them with <laughs> took them with him to Hawaii. Oh, wow. And uh, and he thought of that during the race, yeah. um, just to symbolize where he, he has sort of peace and his mind's very blank. And so he talked his way through the race and how it went. And uh, if you haven't seen the footage of it, basically Dave Scott and Mark Allen went head to head. They came out of the swim together. They obliterated the field on the bike and they were running shoulder to shoulder. And, and one of the things that, that I loved in the interview was Mark Allen just said Dave Scott was just surging the whole way and uh, it sucks when you're running with somebody mm. who's surging and he said he was just putting in these incredible surges and Mark Allen was just going, oh no, here we go again, he's going to kill me, he's got a little, he's got a two metre gap, I'm over, it's history. And he said he basically went just so hard and he was just in so much pain, he just got to a stage and his mind just went blank and he just, everything kind of just went calm. And uh, he thought about that, that favourite run that he had. And, and everything just sort of fell into place from there. He just said from then on, he thought, 
you know, bugger this. I'm, I'm up here. I'm competing with Dave Scott. This is a world champs. Nobody else is up here competing with him. Um, I'm doing, you know, having an exceptional day. We're going very, very fast. Bugger this. I'm just going to hang in here and see what happens. And when he got that calmness, everything started to change. And, he, you know, then he became a lot more comfortable. They stayed shoulder to shoulder. But the, the further into the race they got, his confidence grew and grew. And, uh, and what he said, said finished them off was they, they were coming back up. Uh, if you haven't been to Hawaii, as you're coming back towards Kona, you're on the Queen K. There's a, there's a gentle climb for, I don't know, probably about a K, isn't it? Yeah, about it's probably a, a couple K. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty it's decent. A decent climb, and you come through an aid station, and he said he just thought Dave Scott grabbed a drink and wasn't watching for one second, and Mark Allen said he sprinted with all the energy he had and opened up a gap. And he's, he, he's seen the old footage and he just saw Dave Scott's face. And all of a sudden, you know, all the things that happened to Mark Allen all those other times was happening to Dave Scott. And, uh, and so Mark Allen went on to win by, I think it was about 50 seconds uh, and probably, you know, arguably the greatest race ever. And then, you know, in my eyes, I think Dave uh, Mark Allen is probably the greatest athlete yeah. we've ever seen. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he won over all distances, so... Um, so so what, what do you think the lesson is for us, you know, uh, you know, like obviously we're not Mark Allen, but yeah. you know, like, should, do we look outside, you know, do we think the mind and all this stuff or? I, th- I think um, it's not over till it's over. Um, you've always got to just keep looking forward. I think a lot of people, they, they come out of the swim, they've had a crap swim. And for yeah. the first two hours of the bike, they think, I had a crap swim, you know, I swam 55, I should have swam 53. Yeah. It doesn't really matter too much. Um where you're in pretty much every Ironman, where you're going to gain and lose the most amount of your time is going to be the second half of the marathon. Yeah. So, you know, unless some disaster strikes and you lose half an hour on the bike trying to fix something, yeah. you can generally claw your way back to a pretty respectable race. So that's one of the themes that came out is it's not over till it's over. Just keep hanging in there, even if you're not feeling great. Um, just try to stay positive, keep looking forward. That was a big thing. Um, but, and the other one that he really pushed was was the zen side of things um mm. i'm perhaps I, I haven't really looked into it a huge amount but but trying to be at ease with yourself when you're going through the race um being nice and relaxed and just going through the motions because we all know it's going to get hard at certain stages so try and save your mental energy for those stages mm. of the race um, I, I was, i'm a big believer in that um it's about being relaxed mm. and you know and like the thing is we're putting ourselves in a stressful environment where things are going to go wrong and that um, so we know this is going to happen, and mm. so we should go into the race thinking, well, what's the best way? You know, so you comp, you know, what's the best way for me to be able to deal with this problem? Like in my, one of my Ironman races, on my aero bars, I had some of the pro, um, profile ones that flipped mm-hmm. down and up, yeah, and one of them actually broke off, and <laughs> you know, like I basically in theory I wouldn't have been able to ride in my aero position for pretty much half the ride. And at the time, I just thought, oh, no, I can figure this out. And so I managed, I just grabbed my tire tube and taped it up. So, and, and it worked. And, and yeah. I was, I believe just because of the fact I didn't panic, I said, oh, well, let's try to figure this out. And, and I found a solution. In the end, it came out the other side. I was feeling really good about myself instead yeah. of ruining my race. And it was basically because I, I believe I was just relaxed about the situation and yeah. kind of dealt with it. One of the things I make all athletes that I work with do is, is have a written race plan. And yeah. uh, maybe I'll go through that in Coach's Corner on another yeah. day. Yeah, definitely. Um, so if you do get a chance, really try and listen to that interview um, for you early downloaders and you guys who are, can't wait to get our um, Ironman talk every week. You, yeah. For listening early, that's your award. You can get on the site and uh, have a listen to that really good. Yeah, oh, you'll be pleased you did. So also Scott had a bit of a write-up on Gordo's forum actually, didn't he? Yeah. Um, 
so we had a bit of a look at uh, we had Scott in last week. One area we didn't talk to him about was uh, supplementation, which somebody asked a question on Gordo's forum. I really like what they asked. They said, "I remember reading something that Scott wrote one sometime back about how to do every how people don't do everything to make maximum performance." Yeah, you know, like using supplements and stuff. You know that we don't do everything possible, and yeah, and that led into supplements. I like the way the question was asked. Yeah, so Scott kindly replied um, with his little. Uh, little bit of he's done a lot of research into his supplements and i know he takes a lot himself but really just to summarize what scott's saying is um probably the the musts that he believes are vital for all athletes is to have uh be taking vitamin c tablets every day and also a very very good multivitamin um, and those are probably the two key things that scott sort of outlined here that he says uh, are a must for all athletes and, and for most people that's relatively affordable you know mm. you don't have to go crazy but those are two key things he says um help um, for, for me, um, what I tend to recommend, especially to females um, and, and, and for males as well, but especially for females, is uh, you've really got to keep an eye on your iron iron levels. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of anemic uh, females coming to me. So one tip that I say to people is, is make sure that you have some vitamin C, say a, a, an orange or orange juice or, or something like that with all your meals during the day and that will help your iron absorption greatly obviously you know you need to have iron rich foods um, but if you have some vitamin c with mm. them that will help your absorption um, massively so he, he mentioned what you should look for in a multivite yes like, um so he's got here chromium beta beta carotene um selenium magnesium magnesium is very important for you guys um, that are living in hot environments and I know for Hawaii last year, I was uh, I did a little bit of magnesium loading. Um, so <clears throat> if you're going to hot races, that's something you need to look at. Also, obviously, sodium is another area you need to look at for when you're going into hot races. Um, another big thing that Scott's mentioned and uh, and is very in at the moment is glucosamine um, for, for guys that are a little bit older. So if you're perhaps over 40, um, it's very, very good for your joints, um, helps to reduce um, arthritis. And uh, funny you say that because I was at the gym last night and there's a guy who's a runner and quite a decent, you know, runner. Mm. And um, I was talking to him and he was just going to me, oh, I've been taking this glucosamine, glucosamine, and, Possibly, yeah. Yeah, glucosamine and um, he was just saying, you know, it's like I'm 10 years younger, you know, I yeah. just, I'm, I'm feeling fit a lot of because I do a lot of sideways movements and those movements always gave me problems. And now I'm just, you know, it was just, he said it was a remarkable yeah, the the change he's had just in a very short period of time. Yeah, so that's a biggie, glucosamine for a uh, few older folks um, out there. So it's a get hold of that. But I think um, you know all the all the supplementation is, is very very useful. But I think a lot of people uh, need to really just have a good look at their diet. Yeah, not looking at anybody in particular in this room. No, you really well. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably the healthier of the two actually. <laughs> Give me shit about that. <laughs> no, I think um, you know. Diet is just as important. Um, you shouldn't really be viewing this uh, supplementation as a excuse to eat crap. Um, you know, no. you should be eating no. well, eating a nice balanced diet, plenty of um, fruit, plenty of vegetables, plenty of non-processed foods. Yep. Try and avoid processed things, and then you can add in the su supplementation to bolster you, especially during heavy periods of training. Um, but have a good, quick look at your, or a good long look at your diet yeah. um, before you try to take uh, an easy route, like just trying to supplement things for for, for being having a slack diet. So. We're actually trying to get a nutritionist on the show, aren't we? Yeah, we'll have a chat. To, um, we've got a lady, a girl in Christchurch called Emily Miazga, um, and we're going to try and an elite um, endurance sport athlete herself. Yeah, yeah one and the coast to coast, which is a big event in New Zealand and we're trying to get her on the show yeah so we'll get her uh, in the next uh, month or two she's away at the moment but uh, 
we'll get her in here and we'll yeah. uh, we'll try and get her to share all her knowledge with you as well. So that's a few little things on um, supplementation. Again, we'll put the link up on the show notes. Uh, it goes through to Gordo's forum, and uh, you guys can read uh, the information up there in a bit more detail. Yeah, definitely. Um, was there anything else in Coach's Corner? Uh, we just had a oh, few, question. few questions question. and answers. Yeah. From I, don't, I didn't actually write the name down from the guy, but basically he was asking, um, I think it was Peter, Peter, who was from Australia, and uh, he was asking... He goes out riding, he's kind of coming into the off-season and he's just trying to get some long endurance rides happening and he's coming into the off-season and he goes riding with a good bunch of guys but in the last third of the ride they really like to kick in and smash themselves home going over, you know, if we're looking at the training zones we talked about a few weeks ago, going over the hard zone Mm. and he was wondering what he should do. Is that detrimental to his, you know, base building and what should he do in that situation basically? Yeah, I think there's two sort of pathways you can go down. Um... But I think the key, one of the key limiting factors for people with their their cycling development is time. Um, you know, you've got to you've got to spend a huge amount of time on your bike, and that's a, something that a lot of people don't have the luxury to do. Like Gordo, I know, rode rode across America, yeah. And uh, how many of us have the opportunity to do that? So I'm I'm definitely a big believer in um, doing as much volume as you possibly can. But what you probably want to do is periodize your um, winter up. So obviously, if you, if you're going to focus on your cycling over the winter do let your swimming and running drop a little bit and maybe do a, a certain block, a certain amount of time, you know, maybe anywhere between 8 and 16 weeks, possibly longer if you've really got to really want to work your cycling and periodize it up a bit. So maybe the first half of your uh, winter, just, just, just do base mileage um, and then maybe the second half then start to include some intensity. I think what you're talking about, um, have sort of racing within training, Yes, I think it's um, I think it's perfectly fine. But the key thing is that you're going to recover from it. So what you want to avoid doing is say going out for a group ride on Saturday, hammering it, then going out for a group ride on Sunday, hammering it, and then maybe doing an interval session on Monday. Um, I think once a week you should be including um, some intensity in your training. And uh, probably if you were going to periodize your winter up, probably the first half of the winter maybe keep it sort of moderately hard but I definitely think there's no problem going into hard um, what about over hard because they're saying it goes actually sometimes you know a little bit more than that not for yeah for not for if you're going to do it for an extended period of time yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's like going to a third of the ride yeah it, so. so I think that's probably a little bit too long um, I think a bit of bike racing would probably be good and again bike racing you go into your very hard zone perhaps for a short period of time mm, it's very uh, go go go, go coming back mm. And so I think it's okay, but just be careful and make sure that if you are planning a ride with these guys, um, it's okay to go very hard as long as you're scheduling in an easier day to follow. When you say a third of the ride, I wonder how long that's for. So if a third, yeah. of, if it's an hour and a half ride, and you and you're uh, it's, it's only yeah, half an hour, yeah. that's fine. But if if you're uh, doing six a hour. six hour ride <laughs> and doing two hours, uh, I think that's maybe a little bit hard. I think um, a good thing to do is do plenty of work just above your Ironman pace, say around half Ironman pace. Yep. So perhaps encourage them to do some longer intervals, perhaps not quite so hard yep. uh, and grind and them out a bit group more. Yeah. So that they're not drafting. And Non-drafting is, is good. Do, do you think maybe going anaerobically too much is detrimental? Yes, yeah. Yep. So, so why? Once a week uh, I think is fine, uh, but mainly the recovery. Uh, yep. Especially on the bike, I don't think it's such an issue. But if you're going anaerobic a lot and running, then injury can obviously yeah, can follow. Yeah. Um, but going anaerobic on the bike, I don't see that being a huge issue as long as you're getting enough recovery and as long as it's not every session. You know, you've got to split your week up. 
So you've, you've got maybe one harder session uh, and a lot of volume in the other sessions as well, and then probably maybe a strength session, but I'm not going to sit up here and uh, give you all the training program. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll do that. No. He also made a couple of quick points, that, uh, which was a good one, I felt. was um, It was Peter. Yeah, um, Peter made a point that Australia is getting a little bit harder, which is quite nice. So making, mm-hmm. We were talking about courses getting easier, and he's saying that uh, Australia is getting a little bit harder. And uh, also that if you went to the Ironman website, which we mentioned a few weeks ago, how it actually was still doing New Zealand, so they mustn't just do mm, regions. Mm. So, um, yeah, thanks for that, Peter. I really appreciate that feedback. Keep the questions coming. Yeah, keep them coming, guys. We're definitely keen to help you guys out. Um, that's pretty much our show for today. If you uh, have any questions for us, you can email us at ironmantalk at gmail.com. And uh, in any of the areas, if you want us to do a high five or anything else. Um, what are you going on for today, mate? Uh, off to work now. We've done our little training for the morning, yep. and uh, I've got to go off to see a few athletes, and then uh, not much else for the rest of the day. Just a long afternoon of work. So I always remember Tuesdays during the summer. We do always do our long rides, and I'm just shattered for the rest of the day. <laughs> not sure my clients get complete value for money in the <laughs> afternoons. <laughs> Shh, don't tell them that. They could be listening. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what about you? Oh, I'm going to go for a swim tonight. I'm trying to do up my swimming to about seven or eight times a week. So just been slowly building towards that. And uh, so we're going to swim on tonight, and then my daughter's home from school soon, so a bit of, bit of Tyler time, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's better me for the day, and so yeah, bring it on. Anything else we need to mention? If you want any of the show notes for this week's show, um, go to ironmantalk.com. Um, again, the show's kicking ass. We've got over 2,000 subscribers now, and we're just stoked with the amount of people we're actually picking up. It seems to be growing at a phenomenal pace. Um, we want more and more, so tell your friends about it. If you do have any questions regarding how to get this, um, feel free again to email us. Although if you're listening to this, yeah. I imagine you're getting it, but maybe your <laughs> friends can't get it. Um, and other than that, just train well. Remember to click on those Google ads when you go onto our oh, site. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get like ten cents a click. So yeah, we'll make it, bring it on. But yeah, get out there, train well, and have a great week. See ya.